You're listening to Making Money Online with Lisa Johnson, the podcast that tells you what it really takes to build a business and the simple steps to get you there. I'm determined to share with you the reality of easy, simple business marketing tips to make passive income so that you can start making money online. If you want to be as visible as possible right now, then you know that PR is the best way to maximize your credibility and expertise. Our sponsor, former journalist and PR expert Nicola Rowley, is hosting a free four-day from incognito to interviewed PR challenge, starting from Monday the 17th of October at 10 a.m. BST. This challenge is for you if you want to know how to get started with PR, how to harness publicity to help cement your expert status or drive sales in your business, and how to start feeling more confident to put yourself forward for opportunities. And it's not too late to join. You have until 12 p.m. on Monday, the 24th of October to complete all four simple tasks. Just sign up at go.njrpr.com forward slash challenge and be in with a chance to win some great prizes. Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. So we're continuing on from part three of my book series. And I wanted to talk about the process I went through writing the book in the traditional book publishing way. Because before I got my book deal, I had no idea what happened and how much was involved. And I know we've talked in in episode one of this little mini series about, you know, traditional versus hybrid and self-publishing and the you know the hybrid way is a really really great way of doing things and I happened to go down the self-publishing way the first time that's this time and I'm not sure if that will always be what I will do Um, but this time I did and so I wanted to talk you through it because I know that not many people do the traditional publishing route it is one that's a bit rarer than self-publishing or hybrid publishing so I thought I'd tell you exactly what happened um, and how I even got the book deal. So I actually sent the book proposal to one publisher. So I wrote this book proposal. I got lots of help from people that had got book deals before, like they gave me advice on what kind of things needed to go into a book proposal. And I wrote this book proposal. It was like 20 or something pages long. And I sent it to one publisher. It was, if I'm honest, I'm going to be completely honest with you, like I always am. It was the publisher I thought would most likely publish it. So I knew they didn't help much with the marketing of it. They weren't in the top five publishers that I wanted to go with. But because so many people I knew in my industry had books published by this one publisher that everyone seemed to use, I decided to try them because I just thought they were more likely to accept me because they'd accepted other people. I'd heard not great things about, you know, how they didn't really help with the marketing. And sometimes they didn't even pay you for the book, but they would take you on. And so you had a publisher to create it. I look back now and I realize I didn't believe in myself enough to even try for one of those top publishing houses. I thought only the ones that didn't pay very much would take me. You live and learn. They said no to me. So they wrote back and said, no, that my following wasn't big enough for them to. They said they absolutely loved the idea of the book. They loved the book proposal. My following wasn't big enough. And to come back when I doubled my audience, my following was already, I thought, pretty big then. But I also didn't want to go with a publisher that only cared about how big my audience was because that meant they only really cared about how much I was going to market it and how much money they could make, which wasn't really what I wanted. So 
I kind of just left it then and thought, well, if they wouldn't take me, then surely none of the bigger ones, like the top five, would take me either. So I just left it. I got put off for a bit because I thought if they don't do anything and they want me to do all the marketing, why do they get the money? <laughs> and I was seriously tempted at this stage and looked into going down the um, hybrid route because I'd seen a lot of the reasons why people do it and the control that they have when they do it themselves and go down the sort of self-publishing hybrid route. And I knew Abby by this time and I knew that she would do a brilliant job. So I got into talks with her about publishing my first book on a kind of hybrid model and how I could use it. But I will be honest with you, from when I was really small, one of my like absolute bucket list items was to be able to walk into an airport shop, an airport bookshop and see my book on the shelf. And I know that's a vanity measure. I'm completely aware that that doesn't necessarily mean that book's going to do brilliant things for my business. Whereas when you do hybrid publishing, you control whether it's going to do brilliant things for your business or not. You can put what you like in it um, and you can you know, use it as a funnel and all these different things. And I, I knew that, but this was such a strong desire to see it in a bookshop. But because these people had said no, I was like, okay, then I will go down the hybrid route with Abby and I will get it published that way because I just want the message to get out there. And, you know, if you want to listen to all of those pros of why you should do hybrid publishing, because it's such a good idea, and I may even do it for my next book, because I think it's such a good idea, then go and listen to episode 70. So anyway, I'd started my podcast at this point. I'd only just started it like a few weeks in. And I was on holiday and I got this call and I, I never pick up calls with no numbers, but I did. And it was actually from a publisher. It was one of the top three publishers in the UK and actually probably in the world. And they said they wanted to offer me a really good deal to write a book with them and not give it to anybody else. It's called a preemptive deal. I was stunned that this had happened. I asked them how and why, and they said, because they'd, somebody had recommended that they listen to my podcast and so they listened to an episode of it and they loved the tone of it and thought it would make a really good book and that I was one of the new kind of female leaders in the industry and they really wanted a female to write a book about passive income which I'd kind of was one of the reasons that I wanted to write it as well because there weren't many out there so at first I was going to sign up to them like straight away I got on really well with the person who was the, the, my lead publisher, who was Holly. We got on really, really well. And then while still on holiday, four days later, I got another call from another publisher in the top three. And they were saying, I would like to chat to you about writing a book. They'd also been recommended to listen to my podcast. So I said, well, do you want me to just send you my book proposal? Because they weren't offering anything, just ch like a chat about it. And they said, yeah, yeah, just send it across. So I sent it across straight away because I had it sitting there from before. And they called back 20 minutes later, offering me a very lucrative preemptive deal. So obviously something was right in the, the proposal. And that book proposal is now part of my visible course. I actually give the template as a bonus in that course. Because everyone that's read it said, oh, my God, this is the best book proposal I've ever seen. <laughs> and I just took loads of advice from loads of different people, including Emily Williams, Mick Pigeon, Michael Heppel, 
so many different people contributed to telling me how to do a book proposal. So suddenly I had these two deals on the table and I didn't know what to do. I didn't have an agent or anything like that. So I thought, I'm going to negotiate this myself. How hard can it be? I do not want to give a massive percentage away to an agent. So in the end, I did that and negotiated really well. They came back to me with why I should go with them. Holly did this amazing presentation on why they would really love to publish my book and it proper got my heart. In the end, the amounts ended up the same. Like they went up and up and up and they ended up the same. And so it came down to who I thought could really get the message out there in the way I wanted. And I chose Hodder for this. Hodder have a label called Yellow Kite that kind of sits underneath them. And I knew that I would really fit into that label, that Yellow Kite label. They'd published Stephen Bartlett's book, so many other people that I knew and that I thought I would fit in well with. And so I decided to go with them and said yes. And then once that's done and you sign the contract and the contract's big, I got it looked over by a lawyer because it's it's big. There's a lot in there about all different kinds of things. Like, for instance, they get the rights for me to do an audio book, which I am doing. I'm recording that next month. So there's a lot to it. I then had quite a lot of time to write it. It was like, okay, go and write it. And what you can do is if you're unsure of whether you're writing it, how they would like it, you can send in chapters and they can come back to you saying yes or no, or maybe try and change this sort of thing. So we sent in the first chapter and she really liked it. And that gave me more confidence to be able to write the rest. And because I'd already written the book proposal, I had my outline for the chapters already there. So the publishers went through those that outline for the chapters and kind of tweaked them and said, oh, can we add this in here or take that off? So I had a starting point for me to start writing from. Now, a good thing here is my husband is a copywriter. So he had a big part in this book. So I would try and write a section and go, this doesn't sound like I how I want to say it like I'm what I mean is this this and this and he would take my words and go and write them in a much better way he actually copy edited the entire thing so I would write it and then he would change it and then sometimes I would say to him this is what I want to say and I would just sit there for an hour talking to him about what I wanted to say and he would be able to write it in my voice so and then I'd take it back and I'd change bits of it and you know, make it more me and make sure it was what I really wanted to say. And so it was really nice to have that bit of help. We needed about 55,000 words, but we had time. So it didn't feel massively rushed. Once it was done, like completely finished, we had a deadline and we hit the deadline by about two days. We sent it to the publisher and we were then given an editor. So the editor reads the whole thing, writes on it, suggests small edits or whole sentences that could be changed or grammatically wrong. And Or if we've repeated ourselves, they say, like, you've said this in chapter three, you don't need to say it again. Because when you're writing this book, you forget, because it's a long period of time, you forget what you've written five months ago when you're on this chapter and you might say the same thing. It then came back to us to sort of agree or not agree. And some of it we were like, please, can we leave this in? Like, we know that it's a long story, but we really want it in. And to answer questions, like they would say, what does this mean? It was really good having this person because this person wasn't anything to do with business. So you don't realize what, a you know, someone not in our world 
will or will not understand. Like you forget that not everybody knows the same words. One of them that really kind of showed me how true this was is she came back and said, I don't know what seven figures is. What do you mean by that? What are you saying? I'm like, oh, just that I've made a million pounds. She said, so multi seven figures is more than a million. And I was like, yeah, it's like several million or two million plus. And it's like that. We know that in our industry, but a normal person just reads that and it doesn't shout out. They have to think about it rather than just know exactly what you know multi six is, for instance. So it's good to have that kind of viewpoint on it. So then it was all done all over again. So we go back and forth with these edits and questions until we're happy with it. Then it has a legal review. I needed a lot of legal review <laughs> because as most of you realize by now, I am very honest. And I talk about things exactly how they happened and without kind of thought about what I can get in trouble with. So the lawyers check for any possible like libel, anything legal, really. There are things you can do to, to keep stuff in there and have things not be recognized. So, you know, you can change names. That's an easy one. You can change genders. You can change whole parts about something so that it doesn't take away from the story, but so that it's, you know, no one can be identified or say that it was them. So legal went through and did all of that. They also asked me to make sure I have permission in writing from anyone who is named in the book using their real names. Most of mine, I do use their real names because they're clients and they're happy for me to put them in the book. Next stage came and it was proofreading. So their team proofreads it all, goes over it all again. We also, like three members of our team, read through it all again to make sure that there's not anything stupid that we shouldn't have said or like, you know, we haven't, got the grammar wrong or even spelling and things like that then it got exciting because we had a meeting with their marketing and their publicity teams at Hodder and they told us all their plans for marketing the book and we told them our plans so that we didn't double up because there were things we wanted to do and it we kind of got all the dates straight about what we're allowed to say and when like when we're allowed to show the book cover when we're allowed to talk about pre-orders all of those kind of things. And it was a really exciting meeting. Me and my COO were in there and talking about what's going to happen and how, what kind of PR they're going to try and get us and television and all these kind of things. And yeah, it got me hyped up. Like, let's go, I want to do it. Then we got sent the book cover and we got input in the book cover. So lots of people will tell you that you can't have any say in the book cover if you go with traditional that isn't true at all. They were really good. They were like, this is what we're thinking, but what do you think? And we changed bits on it. And we were like, oh, we're not sure about this, but we like this. And it got changed until we were all happy with it. I was really pleased that we were able to do that. And most people put their face on the cover, but actually statistics show, unless you are a famous person, it's a really bad idea to do that. And that actually it needs to be more approachable than that. And so we and make it more visual. So that's what we've done. And probably you can see it right now, because by the time you hear me <laughs> actually release this podcast, it will be out there. So then the next thing was to get the forward written. So you try and get a forward written by somebody that inspires you, 
and is known. You know, it's good if you can get someone to write it that is already known, already in the public eye. And we managed to get that. And I was really, really pleased because the first person that I asked, I had a list of 10. The first person that was on my list of I really would like this person to write my foreword said yes. And she's written it. And I'm going to leave that as a surprise. So you can see who it's written by. And that's kind of where I'm up to now. So they're sending me some author copies. So that's to send out to a few people to see what they think, kind of get quotes to use on Amazon, that kind of thing. And then, yeah, off we go. So we're going to have this really exclusive launch party. The one thing I've always wanted to do is have a launch party and not a launch party where people come and speak or, you know, not a kind of launch party where it becomes like a ticketed event. I want to have a launch party to celebrate this just to celebrate this stage of my life and this stage of the business and the fact that we have this book that has taken time to do I wanted to have a proper party so I'm having a really exclusive launch party you can't get tickets to it it's invite only but there is one way of getting tickets to it that not many people will do but there will be a couple hopefully that will and that's if you buy in bulk a certain number of books and you can see it on the pre-order page how many you need to buy for your audience because I'm hoping that people who are in business already will buy this book for their clients for their audience as a gift Um, and if they do do that and they buy it in bulk then they're going to be able to get a ticket to the launch party so there's lots of bonuses Even if you just buy one book, you get entered into a drawer and you get a workbook that goes along with the book that you can fill out to make it even more beneficial to you. So if you want to get those things, go and pre-order the book. You can do that at makemoneyonlinebook.co. Makemoneyonlinebook.co. So you can go and pre-order. And I would love you to do that. And also what I would love you to do, if you're thinking of having your own book, you know, having, writing your own book and you're interested in writing it and in the hybrid method of getting it published, then I would love to invite you to a masterclass that I've got coming up. I talk about Abigail Horn a lot. She is doing this masterclass with me because it's really important that you learn from the best. Um, It's going to be on the 17th and you can go to it by going to authors.com lisajohnson.com forward slash masterclass. And I will put that in the show notes as well, because it's going to be incredible. We're going to actually workshop you writing a book. So it won't be just a masterclass. It will be you actually doing some work and we're doing it free of charge. So I'd love to see you there on the 17th. But if you go to that link, you will be able to sign up for it. And I will see you there. Um, I hope you've enjoyed this three-part book series. I will be back next week with our regular schedule. Thank you for listening to Making Money Online with Lisa Johnson. If you'd like to get hold of my guide to launching, go to lisajohnson.com forward slash launch and let's get you making money online. 